Hello, and welcome to another episode of Casuals to the Generates podcast. I'm your host, Luke Probasco, and with, all, with me always is Jacob Belleville. Hey, Jacob. Hey, what's going on? It's been, it's been a week. It's been a long week, and I can't wait for this weekend. Not only will I be done with work, but it's week zero. Football is here. Yes, finally. How's your week been so far? Busy as usual, but looking forward to this weekend. Looking forward to watching Nebraska and Northwestern. Even though I'm not quite looking forward to like watching them, but it'll be interesting to see Ireland. How many fans do they get in the stands? That kind of stuff. Gotcha. I've been talking to one Northwestern player, and they said they're they could do a couple fun things while they're over there in Ireland, but it's mainly a business trip. So I think they're pretty. I don't know the the line, but I think they're underdogs right now and I think they're going there to you know show show Nebraska you know what Northwestern's made out of it seems real odd that they would have a Big 10 matchup like week 0 that just seems odd to me but what do you think on yeah. that I mean I think it's cool for the kids to be able to go to like Ireland I mean that's somewhere that I would want to go but same time, yeah, who's other than really wealthy people who are fans of Nebraska and Northwestern, I don't know who's going to be there at that game. It's like it's like when the NFL has the Jaguars out there, like, they, like, Ireland probably thinks about Nebraska and, like, the black shirt defense and stuff, and, and that's what they're trying to sell them on, like, try to get Nebraska over there. Yeah, maybe. So, want to get into a quick hitter. This one hits hits home to me. I was eating an Oreo. Well, not a Oreo. You can't just have one. I had I'm about a sleeve of Oreos. And my wife looked at me with the most astonished look. And I was like, what's going on? She goes, you are an animal. I was like, what are you talking about? It's like, it's, it's a sleeve. It's fine. She's like, no, you're not eating any of those Oreos with milk. Like, what is wrong with you? Do I have a problem? Is it fair or foul to eat Oreos without milk? Granted, I'm also not lactose intolerant. Like, I can have milk. I understand those. But is am I in the wrong? I wouldn't go so far as to say, like, foul. But it's definitely not fair either. Because it's just a suboptimal strategy. Oreos with milk is like tier one, then tier two, whatever. What is that movie? The Parent Trap. Oreos with peanut butter, and then you got tier three, plain. So, well, tier four would be not eating Oreos. To be <laughs> honest, <laughs> I was just like, then then I was like asking people at work, you know, do you eat Oreos with or without milk? And it was very shocking. Like, there wasn't an in-between. It was like people judged you very harshly if you did not have it with milk. And then some people were like, you give me an Oreo and you don't have milk, I'm not eating the Oreo. And I was like, wow, that's, I mean, that seems odd. Like, give me the Oreo, I'll eat it. Like, well, that's, you know, that's the problem. You would eat an Oreo without milk. Yeah, that's a pretty, that's a pretty intense stance to take. My move, my move is I take two Oreos, and I, I pinch them together, 
I dunk them in the milk until they're about to crumble out of my fingers. And I just kind of sloppily throw them in my mouth. <laughs> so, you know, league mates, when you hear this, I want to know, fair or foul, eating Oreos without milk. Somebody somebody who's not me or Jacob are going to put it in the in the league chat. And I just want to hear what you guys have to say. Also, it will help, help us understand that you guys are actually listening to the podcast. So, we're, we're only, uh, let's see here, four minutes into this. So, if you can't get past this part, then we got bigger problems in our league. All right. So, week zero is in three days. What college game do you recall like the best or you know is your most memorable game Jacob um so when I was looking at the question I would say the one that came to my mind was that Texas Tech Oklahoma game between Mahomes and Baker that that was a fun one where there was each of them threw for like 700 yards so that one kind of my mind um historically definitely you know Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart versus um Vince Young in Texas at the Rose Bowl. Yeah, that was like the peak USC and then like the start of their demise. That was yeah, that was a crazy last last drive. If I remember right, Vince Young had like two hundred some yards rushing as a quarterback. So Yeah, and you're really talking about two two Hall of Fame, you know, type college players too. In that game, if not three with Matt Liner, I mean, you could you could make an argument probably. Yeah, his Vince Young's stats were nineteen carries for two hundred yards, three touchdowns, while throwing thirty out of forty passes for two hundred and sixty-seven. Matt Liner was twenty-nine for forty, three sixty-five, one touchdown, one int. Lindell White, I kind of forgot about Lindell White, but he had 124 yards rushing and three touchdowns. Yep. I forgot about the thunder and lightning of him and Reggie. Lindell White had the weirdest, like, build. I don't know. If you've ever seen pictures of him, like, that's all I remember. He just looked kind of kind of weird. He, he was a thick dude. He had a big neck. Yeah. Big old neck. Um, mine... Was between that one, because I really remember that, or um, the demise of the U when Ohio State started making, you know, starting to get really good at football. So Ohio State beats the University of Miami in the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl in double overtime, and that's where there was a questionable pass interference call on Miami in the first overtime, and... uh, in the second overtime, Maurice Claret, I think, took in like a five-yard touchdown run. And I think there's also a pass interference on that one in the second overtime, and Miami had first and goal on the two and was not able to get in in four tries. So, back. Yeah, I just remember that holding call. That was like ten seconds after the play had ended. Yeah. That, yeah. And that was like... You know, back in the what was it, BCS championships when it was, you know, people got to 
whomever the coaches or I can't even remember how it worked, but I'm glad we go to the playoff playoff schedule that we have. So going into that, the Big Ten, they signed a eight a little over an eight billion dollar contract where they're going to be getting um, three hundred and fifty million dollars each year starting in twenty twenty three. So this starts July 1st, 2023, and goes to the 2029-2030 season. And I thought it would just be for one TV company, but it's for all of them. So, massive stuff for the Big Ten coming. What are your thoughts about that, Jacob? I think it's pretty crazy that it's that short of a contract. We're talking eight years. So they're going to re-up their... Basically, Rutgers is going to get more in TV money than Alabama for eight years, and then they're going to renew that contract, and they're going to get paid again before the SEC ever has a chance to redo their TV contracts. Yeah, the SEC, um, they their contract isn't up until 2034. So talk about great negotiating skills for whomever really did that. I don't know who did it, but... The Big Ten will now have three premier windows. Fox is going to do the big noon game. Then CBS is going to have the 3.30 p.m. game. And NBC will wrap up each week with Big Ten Saturday night in primetime. Which I would assume probably will have a lot more. Like, I won't say a lot, but those will be like the Pac-12 schools. Which, based on this... The Big Ten is going to try to go after Notre Dame, which makes sense. TV contracts with NBC, Peacock, try to get them, and then just more Pac-12 teams just to ease the travel for UCS and UCLA coming in 2024. Do you think there's going to be like a tipping point with these TV contracts? Because I feel like these are linear television, cable television. They're trying to basically remain relevant. And so they're paying this exorbitant amount of money. But what happens when the eyeballs just aren't there? When there's more eyeballs, like, for less money to go to a streaming platform. Well, I think that's where, you know, NBC has Peacock. Um, I just... But everybody's an Amazon Prime member. There's, I feel like there's going to become some type of tipping point where for your school and for your fandom to get more eyeballs on you or your conference, you're going to want to go with like an Amazon Prime to showcase all your games, but they might not be offering what these cable companies are offering because the cable companies are trying to keep the lights on right now. Yeah, well, then you got like YouTube TV. I don't know like all the other streaming sites, but then like, you know, they're, you know, negotiate. Because, like, last year, I feel like during college football season, like, I didn't have ESPN for, like, three days while they were, like, negotiating some contract. So I think this, you know, with other streaming contracts that go after, like, those, you know, their CBS, NBC, because I think a lot of these streaming services, they, they offer, like, one or two of Fox, ABC, CBS... They don't, NBC, some of them don't have all of them. 
I use YouTube TV, and I I cancel after football season and then re up. So like, I'm probably not going to re up for a week zero. I'll just watch on my ESPN cast, and then week week one I'll re up again and go through the Super Bowl. But yeah, it's just interesting because I feel like cable companies have to leverage these contracts to stay relevant, I guess. And so what happens like if that dynamic changes? Yeah, I don't know. That that's a good that's a good question. Then you get sucked out of it. Is basically <laughs> kind of what I'm asking. What, what's that? Does the money actually kind of get is the money inflated right now, I guess? Probably. Is it, it going to be inflated for the next 10, 15 years? But then eventually, you know, we're we're looking at a different landscape. And I also don't know how these schools are going to spend all that money. NIL. NIL. Well, the schools can't pay the players. Right. You know. In quotes. I'm just saying, the book's got to read zero at the end of the year, so where is it going? Uh, Higher education. No student loans for students. Goes right to President Biden. (laughs) Yes. Hot topic. Let's get get politics involved. But uh, right before right before elections, wink wink. Yeah, try to win some votes. But so that means with the current deal that each school is going to get about sixty million dollars, and then in twenty twenty five it goes up to greater than a hundred million dollars per school. So that that's just the media deal, and that doesn't include any revenue. From like making the college football playoffs, bowl games, you know, this isn't just for football, but basketball, wrestling, all those other things. You know, the NCAA tournament is a big, big thing. You know, and doesn't include any of that. Plus, you know, actually putting butts in the seats. So that's just amazing. Like these, I would assume like every like workout facility like every football facility basketball facility you know anything that can make the school you know a fair amount of money usually those two sports they're just gonna make those things so so nice those facilities should they better be full-on spa retreats in the locker room (laughs) cucumber face masks after every practice you gotta take care of the players. Uh, little did we know, maybe it's distasteful. Little did we know, Joe Paterno was already doing those things years ago. <laughs> Just ahead of his time. Low blow. Sorry, Penn State fans. Um. So yeah, that that was a big thing that happened earlier in the week. We had a lot of news. Um, one that's close to my heart. I call him. 101. You call him probably the golden mullet. We call him Quinn Ewers. He wins the starting quarterback job over Hudson Card, who didn't even start last year coming out and winning it. Casey Thompson won it. Let's hear your thoughts, Jacob. I thought Hudson Card did win it, and then he got replaced by Casey Thompson. I'm, I'm pretty sure Casey Thompson... Won won the job and then Card came in. They I think they split week. 
I had I had Hudson card, and I just know I was disappointed. Yeah, regardless. I mean, I just thought it was weird that it drug out as long as it did. I get all the arguments for why, but I think if it's super obvious to your actual players who should be starting, I think that announcement gets made sooner rather than later, and it seemed like the competition was kind of continuing on. I think you run the risk of losing your frankly your locker room if it's that clear that one player is better than the other do you think it was a low testosterone play there by by coach stark yes or sark yeah Sarkisian. i'm not holding it i'm not holding it against quinn ewers i mean he's still coming in with limited experience in college he's got all the talent in the world um you gotta like he's competing with hudson card who was also a high recruit so it's not like that's that's shocking or anything, but yeah, I thought if 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 the whole thing, if the whole rumor of them waiting to start Quinn Ewers until after the Alabama game actually happened, that's the most low T move I've ever seen in college football. Do you think? Do you think um, Sarkeesian or the Boosters made the call? Boosters, one hundred percent. And I think boosters have been making the call there for a lot of years, and I think it's part of the reason why they've sucked. Yeah. Even while they continue to get talent, they're like, "No, you have to start this player." Well, what if that what if that high recruit is actually trash? Then why do you want me to start him? So, what do you think the boosters think of Igea Hall? I don't know. They paid for him. He's suspended. Oh, he'll be back right before the game. <laughs> Didn't you see that? He'll be back when the time's right. Right. What there's, so that, that's either right before the first game or right before Alabama. So take your pick there. <laughs> you think he'd be back for Alabama. Like, it, if any coach can try to stick it to Nick Saban, the previous coach, like, you know they kind of want to do that. And if they can do it with their previous players, yep. like, you'd think he would want to do that. But you see the other thing that apparently there's a proposal where schools can pay parking fines. For, stu- for their student athletes, I did not. <laughs> it came out right after, so like he got suspended for this thing. He got the boot because of these parking fines, and then all of a sudden, oh, we might be able to just pay those off, and it's not a big deal. <laughs> Wild. I did not see that. That's funny. So, I can't remember. It was it was a tweet who had also given me crap about about Quinn Ewers. I'm like, come at me, tweet. Come at me, one on one. I'm going to sit him on the bench for a couple weeks and he needs to like learn how to play the game, you know, and then I'll, then I'll get him out there probably, you know, maybe a week three after Alabama low, just call it a low T move. Maybe that's my new team. Low T. I don't know. But yeah, it was either going to be a low T move on Quinn Ewer's part for not wanting to play right away and play Alabama or on the coaching staff. Well, so it appears, it appears that the coaching staff and Sark are the ones with low T, and they need to get on that mentality for men that I keep hearing on the radio. No free ads. No fr- <laughs> so Drake May, on Monday, he was um, made the starter for North Carolina. There were rumors that he might share the job week zero because they're playing Florida A&M. You can say it, whatever. It makes sense. Just name May the the quarterback and then, you know, 
Criswald will get some play because it's Florida A&M. And I honestly don't think North Carolina is going to be all that great this year. But I think you need – I think it does a lot for Josh Downs and you've got new wide receivers, running backs. You need to get used to, you know, your quarterback. And Chris Wald will get some mop-up minutes because they should just crush Florida A&M. Yeah, and it's kind of exciting because, at least for UNC fans, it's going to give you a peek behind the curtain into what the future kind of looks like. So that's that's exciting week zero news. Um, we got Tyler Show. Shao? Shoe. Shoe. For Texas Tech, he's been named the starter. But um, the coach says that all three will play. So um, Donovan Smith and and Morton will also play. And I don't think Morton is rostered in our league, but Nate owns Smith and Shoe or Shao. I don't know. We'll find it out when I listen to him play, I guess. But... Um, all three playing, so Nate, you might want to avoid that uh, week one. Just heads up, but if I'm Nate, I'm picking up Morton. I mean, just we own gotta that. Have, we got to have three spots dedicated to Texas Tech. If you don't, you're not playing right, Nate. It's it's a quarterback room that you're going to want with Kitley's offense there. So might as well just lock up the position. Drop CJ Stroud to get him. That would be a high T move, I think. That'd be a high T move. <laughs> are you low T or are you high T, Nate? Um. Also, Michael Penix wins the job at Washington. So, tweet congratulations on owning Michael Penix. He's a transfer coming in, which also, which you also own, um, Heward, who's a who's a five star. Who's now going to be? He's third string currently, so that is now his second year on the bench. Not great, something that you want, but obviously, you know, DeBoer saw something in film that hey, we need to bring in a, another quarterback right away. Um, he had played with DeBoer before, Michael Penix um, over in Indiana, so he's. I don't really know what this move means because it wasn't like, hey, he went out and Penix won this job. It was like Penix knows the offense the best at this point. So that's not like a ringing endorsement. So that'll be, I think, a ever-changing quarterback room, probably something that I don't know if you want a piece of it. Part of me says yes because, no, to my knowledge, um, Jake Hainer wasn't all that great, and then he gets with DeBoer and wheels up, and, hey, I want to bring you over to Washington. Not exactly sure what happened, that he wasn't able to transfer over there, but bring in Michael Penix. I think DeBoer can make average quarterbacks above average. Yeah, I can see that. All I can see right now, though, is how bad Penix was last year. And to think that that Michael Penix beat out Sam Heward, it's not a ring endorsement of Heward either. 
And I don't think anybody has their second string Dylan Morris, so maybe this is the same move, you know, as you mentioned for Nate. Maybe a Tweet needs to use one of his moves to pick him up just on that quarterback room. Um, next thing I want to talk about, Rasheen Ali, um, the school posts for Marshall that he's going to be out for an unknown amount of time. It was pretty vague in saying, you know, he's going to get right mentally, physically, and he'll come back when he's, you know, ready. Um, don't really know exactly what that means, but I wish the best for, for Rasheen Ali. Um, he's an exciting guy to watch, and I can't wait for him to come back whenever that is and showcase his talents out there on the football field. Yeah, and just from a fantasy perspective, he was a huge producer. So that's going to – whose team is he on? He's on Corey's team. Yeah, so that's that's a pretty big loss for however many games he's out for Corey. Because I believe he was a waiver wire pickup from him, for him last year. So, yeah, that'll be, that will be rough. Another rough one is Andrew Paul – tore his ACL. He was getting a lot of buzz there at Georgia and was working ahead of Branson Robinson. So this is kind of a, a tough one to swallow. Jacob, how do you feel? Not great because it looked like he was setting himself up to be ahead of not just Branson, but uh, is it Dijun? I think so. You know, one of their other kind of backup players. But usually that third running back role at Georgia, that's almost 100 touches. You know, whether it's in the pass game or running the ball. So I was excited to see him this year. Obviously, we're going to have to wait till next year, but definitely encouraging that he's he was already performing at a clip that he might have seen the field for a good chunk of the season. Yeah, so that's that one's a tough one to swallow. He had a lot of injuries already, which is unfortunate. Um, but good news for Tweet, Chris Rodriguez will definitely be out for one week. Maybe up to four, but it currently sounds like it's just going to sit at one week for, a, I think it was a DUI. So, Tweet kind of dodges a bullet there. But I honestly don't know how great Chris Rodriguez is going to be this year and Kentucky is going to be this year because I just I think they're going to have a down year in comparison to last year. He got the kind of the same punishment as a Jai Hall, right? Yeah, just, you know, you're, you'll be back. Parking tickets and taking a boot off your car, same thing, same thing. You got John Emery. Um, his status is up in the air, so he is, if people aren't, aren't familiar, he's the running back at LSU. And he's looking at a two-game suspension stemming from academic stuff last year. I don't know what Kelly's doing there at the LSU, but... Like, it didn't. Whatever happened must have been like so egregious that a new coaching staff comes in and is like, "Yeah, dude, you you're gonna be suspended for two games." Like, I don't. <laughs> I have no idea. So Kelly's actually talked about it, and he's in good standing with like the football team. So I think he steps in after those two games, and he's the starter. Yep. I I don't think this was a decision by him or the LSU football team. There is something weird going on because last year when he was ruled academically ineligible, he was appealing it because basically someone told him to take the wrong classes over the summer to become eligible, and he didn't take the right classes. I just don't understand how he can be suspended a full year 
and then have an extra two games the following year for the previous year's academic eligibility issue. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it's super weird. I have no idea how to explain it. And, and I've, got a, I've got a source I talked to within the LSU department, and they haven't really touched... I've asked them about it, and they haven't given me much of an answer on that, but did um, reiterate that he will be the guy once once he comes back. That's good. Uh, he at least has a shot at the NFL if he has a good season. All right. So, Emmanuel Henderson, he is on Patrick's team. He was 24-7's RB1 at um, – goes to Alabama. He is now moving – I don't know if he's making the full move to wide receiver, but he's working with the wide receiver group. So, um, he just didn't really look like a running back, and I didn't have him as my running back one. Um, I had Jadon Blue with Singleton being two. Um, I had I just Henderson was kind of on my do not draft list, and I don't want to say he w- is in the same. Was it Relique Brown at USC? Just kind of yeah. like. He's kind of in that same mold where, like, I I don't want him. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I, I flip-flopped a little bit on Henderson just because he is, like, a freak af- athlete and he can put on the size to be a running back. But he can also do it at wide receiver, so he's going to have to learn that skill set, though, either way. Yep. He's going to have to learn the skill set to be a running back or a wide receiver. Because he was doing, like, wildcat stuff in high school, all sorts of different different things. So I want to play to the audience here a little bit. Uh, we got some Iowa State news. The buzz on true freshman running back Cartavius Norton started back in spring ball and it has not slowed down at all. In the backfield is expected to be led by Jireel Brock, who's on Ian's team, but Norton will take plenty of touches within the offense as one of the best pure rushers on the team, end quote. Um, I believe Chad picked him up in our supplemental draft, so... If you're splitting carries, I don't know if that's really something that you want, but Iowa State seems to pick a guy and they just ride him. So it's kind of, hey, we're going to split carries by how that sounded, but that's just not typically what happens. No, I think they're going to find a guy at some point during this season and they're going to go with that guy. And I don't think that guy will be Jarrell Brock. So, wheels up. Um, Ian, another status coming in is Brew McCoy. I don't really know what's going on, but it's just his status for this year is up in the air. USC made some sort of comment, uh, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, talking about like they've done everything that they're supposed to do um, from like a transfer standpoint. And Tennessee's like, hey, we've done everything that we're supposed to do. So without saying that they're waiting on something from the NCAA, they've pretty much both schools have said it's the NCAA that they're waiting on. Um, personally, don't really care. Brew McCoy's, he's whatever at this point to me. Joshua Moore, he was with Texas. He's on Patrick's team. He was a free agent signing to the USFL Houston Gamblers. So, Patrick, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but if he were on my team, I think the high T move 
would be to drop him. Low T, or no, maybe it would be low T to drop him. High T, keep him. You know, hold on. He's going to go from the USFL to the NFL. Sorry. Let's let's do that. So high T, you keep him. You, you sh- rub it in everybody's face when he makes it to the league. High T would it take, be to take him off the taxi squad. Well, he's not on the taxi squad. He's... Is he on the college roster? He's on a college roster. <laughs> With our, our rules. I don't know how that... Cause like, it's an automatic drop, it, right? I don't know. I don't care. Because <laughs> like now that he's played professional football, like he can't go back and play college football. As if, like, instead of you go to JUCO... I think the I think the high T move is to expect him to go back and play college football and then get drafted to the NFL. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'll have to figure. Yeah. I'll have to figure that out. We'll maybe we'll talk about it in the chat um, here in a couple days. I'm just because yeah. Now I think once you become a quote unquote professional athlete and are getting paid, I don't think you can go back and play college athletics. But then, yeah. unlike these NIL deals. But, I mean, but then if he wants to hold him on his roster and he makes it to the NFL type thing, because like, then it would be unfair to say, hey, you got to drop him because he's not eligible for college while Grimm's holding on to Destin Hill for, you know, whatever. Then he, you know, plays at the USFL and then makes it to the NFL and then somebody drafts him in our super exciting NFL draft where about three people are relevant. So, yeah. like, I would be okay with keeping him, and if you drop him, you drop him. But Destin Hill, obviously not destined for the NCAA. Definitely not. <laughs> and we will. The last piece of college news here is Nick Saban signs an eight-year, ninety-three point six million dollar contract, good through twenty thirty. How, how long is he going to coach? He's going to be like 92. I'm going to have to look this up. To see. Do you know how old he is? He's got to be old. I'm Nick Saban. No offense to anybody who's up there in age, but I mean, how long? He's so, really going to so he more. So who do you think's older, Bill Belichick or Nick Saban? I mean, Bill Belichick looks like he partied or something do you know do do you know how old bill belichick is no old bill belichick is 70 he's 70 nick saban's got to be i think he's 72 like 70 also or 72 years old two i think he's two years older he just looks healthier they're both 70 obviously best friends that's why they uh nick saban just feeds the patriots players so he's He's got a contract for another eight years. He'll be coaching to 78. Wow. Honestly, that blows my mind. I didn't even know Nick Saban was 70. Like, guy looks super healthy. That Aflac must be great. That coverage is great. I mean, at what point? That's got to be a character flaw, right? To want to work until you're 78 no matter what it is even if you love football that much 
you really want to be coaching 17-year-olds and 18-year-olds, and you want to deal with their problems when you're 78? Can you imagine Nick Saban, 78-year-old Nick Saban, coming in and, you know, your five-star freshman quarterback that you have coming in, so just, like, mentally wrecked because his girlfriend that he's dating is now a senior in high school is just like they broke up like <laughs> can you can you believe uh, i i have a i would laugh at them now i had a i had a story so quick quick tangent so i played college baseball division three level like it's kind of whatever but we were we were at an away game and we had a our starting right fielder wasn't at batting practice, and it's a away game, so like you're on the bus, like you you go there, you're at the field, and our coach was like, "Where's Compton? Where's Compton?" Just couldn't find him. Nobody could find him. Go on the bus. A guy is having a fight with his girlfriend on the phone, and guy was in the doghouse. Pretty pretty much like that was, gosh, Nate was Nate was. Was around for that. Like I don't. That was like maybe our freshman year or something. Like it was the guy was in the doghouse for years for that. Like our coach would not let that go. I can't imagine like Nick Saban. Like I don't know. Like I said, he would he would basically kick him off the team and then they'd go to Texas. And then and then might have to sit out for a little bit. But that's all my uh, NFL news. So wasn't super quick. Um, you know. About forty minutes into this, so so all news will be very very quick. First, Deshaun Watson gets eleven games and a five million dollar fine. I just find it funny because it was being rumored the entire time that you know basically basically Deshaun Watson would fight appeal. I don't even know the correct terminology, but he would file a lawsuit against the NFL if it was twelve games or more. Basically, the entire reason for that number is because you need six games to have your season tender as a full season so that he can start getting paid his actual contract next year. Because his pay this year is like a million bucks. And so the NFL is going to basically donate $5 million to um, an abuse-type charity, and the, a sexual abuse charity, and I believe the NFL is pitching in some extra couple million too. So there's that. That's handled. It's done. uh, Tyquan Thornton um, has a collarbone issue. He's going to be out eight weeks. He's on Chad's team. Kind of sucks because he was looking actually pretty promising in preseason and throughout camp. So pretty wide open wide receiver room for New England. I mean, you got got Jacoby Myers there, but other than that, not really sure who else you got to compete with. Kenyon Drake on my team, he got released by the Raiders today, so he's probably going to be released by me. I mean, he's 28 years old now, and I don't see him getting a ton of run in the coming years. Do you think that Las Vegas ends up being, like, the West version of the Patriots? Because they bring in – I'm trying to remember the the running back they brought in from New England. Um, you know, and they just mentioned they're not going to run – Jacobs, you know, the whole time is just going to be this backfield by committee slash whatever the plan happens to be for that week. I actually think them drafting Zamir White and seeing how he's been doing in camp has given them the leeway to be like, hey, 
Sorry, Kenyon, your contract's too big. Time to move on. Save some money. So I actually think I actually think that the Raiders are going to be sneaky good this year. That's just my gut feeling right now. Obviously, if Waller is healthy and on the field. Yeah, that is a that is a bummer that we're what two weeks away from the week one and. Is it a hamstring issue? Is that what's going on? I believe so. So that, but it just keeps lingering around, and I'm not, I, keep, keep re-aggravating it. He's going to miss time and miss games. So, Devonte Adams, forty percent target share. Yeah. Then the next one is Baker Mayfield is named the starter of the Carolina Panthers. Shocker. Uh, not a shocker at all. So, basically, this is his last chance to kind of rebuild his career and get back on the right track. He's not a bad quarterback, but Cleveland clearly didn't see him as a difference maker or enough of a difference maker. So, now he can kind of prove that. He's definitely got weapons in Carolina. I got two questions for you. Or three questions. One, what do you think this means for DJ Moore? That's the best quarterback that DJ Moore is going to play with in terms of throwing the ball. Number two... If Baker Mayfield blows up, has, I'm not even going to say like a spectacular year, but like a pretty good year, what do you think that says about Cleveland and that Odell Beckham leaves and then immediately like does really well for the Rams and then Odell leaves and does well for Carolina? Cleveland... There's got to be something going on in terms of, like, culture or front office that just derails Cleveland. And the only way, even when they have, like, good coaches and a good scheme and everything, it's always a little bit disappointing. So I feel like, I mean, that running game, like, why would you go away from that? But at the same time, that's a quarterback's best friend, and they still weren't able to, like, really take the next step forward with Baker. So I don't. I really don't know how to answer that question. Three, is Sam Darnold done? Yes. All right. Toast. Burnt toast. Burnt toast. So then the last one I have is a couple quotes from a former Chicago Bears offensive coordinator, Mike Martz. He was also the offensive coordinator for the greatest show on turf, for the St. Louis Rams. So he knows a thing or two. But this is in reference to the Chicago Bears and what he's seen. He, and I quote, he says, I haven't seen an offense this bad since the 0-16 Detroit Lions. He goes on to quote, he makes a lot of mistakes and is not particularly, particularly accurate at times. He's not a quick read and react guy, and he's on a horrendous team. They just don't have anybody there in reference to Justin Fields. Those are not good things to have anybody saying about your team going into the season. I think the bigger picture is the Bears' defense isn't going to be as good as it has been in the years past, and they could be looking at a very high pick in next year's draft because they didn't build the offense up really. And so it puts you in a tough situation because you got some good quarterbacks coming out next year, and if you have a top-two pick – 
they're going to be looking at Justin Fields to prove that he's the guy going forward. So I want to I want to know here from from Grim post in in the league chat if let's say Chicago has a top three pick one two or three Grim would you rather have first of all I'll I'll have Grim posted in the chat and then Jacob I'll have you you answer would you rather stick with Justin Fields and trade that pick for more picks? to address all the other needs that the Bears have? Or would you like them to grab a skills position or take another quarterback? Fields isn't the guy. Grim, I want to hear it in the chat once you listen. Jacob, what do you you think? It all comes down to if you feel Fields is the guy. So I don't think this year needs to be about wins and losses to determine if Fields is good or not but his stats have to be pretty good. If they're not, then you can't just pass up on a C.J. Stroud or a Bryce Young, a couple potentially both Heisman winners, right? You're, you're not going to pass up on that with a top two pick, and so then you're probably going to address that position. I think perfect best-case scenario is they get one of those top picks and have a bad season, and they're able to trade it back because they believe in Justin Fields and rebuild the team. Because they're going to have a ton of cap room for free agency. I just, it's all on Justin Fields to be good, and he doesn't have much there to be good. So when you say that his stats have to be good, does don't you think those kind of coincide together? If your stats are good, I mean, other, I mean, you obviously can't play defense, but if your stats are good and you have a whole bunch of touchdowns and you're scoring twenty-eight to thirty five points a game well you're not he's not going to score that the bears aren't going to score 28 to 35 points a game so he's not for five touchdowns a game either so when you say when you say his stats have to be good what do you think efficiency stats efficiency okay i mean he's not going to have like a ridiculous touchdown percentage or anything like that but at the same time or touchdown number but at the same time he when you break down the film and you look at it, was he making all of his reads correctly? Was he hitting wide open guys when they did get open? I mean, that that's what they're going to have to ask themselves. Big season coming up for the Bears. It'll probably yeah. be a disappointing season, but a big season nonetheless. All right. Yeah. Well, league news, no league news. Um, week zero does not count towards our college season. I had a couple people ask that. Um, no trades of the week, no trades this week. I want to get into some battles here. So Cincinnati has yet to name their starter for week one. It's currently between Ben Bryan and Evan Prater. I personally think that Evan Prater should win it. I also own him on our, you know, in our league. Jacob, do you have any thoughts or feelings about this? Not not really. I, I know Evan Evan Prater, I believe, is closer to, like, a mobile quarterback. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. about all I know. Yeah, so he's much more of the Desmond Ritter type. So you'd think that, hey, it's an easy kind of one-for-one. One. He was there last year. Got to learn. Ben Bryant was with Cincinnati two years ago. Transferred out. Goes to Eastern Michigan. Doesn't do all that well. Not spectacular. But then transfers back to Cincinnati. So... Part of me is like, hey, if I'm coming back to a school that didn't want me, 
like what's changed and also like I'm also under the impression that if a transfer comes in you've also had that kind of conversation that like hey I'm gonna be the guy but it just seems like Evan Prater has a higher ceiling than Ben Bryant and Cincinnati lost a lot on their offense and defense going to the NFL and I think you need Evan Prater there to kind of mask some of those losses. Would Ben Bryant, you're going to have a bad team at Cincinnati, and Ben Bryant's not going to raise the level of play of everybody else, in my opinion. Then you have um, Corey Kiner coming in from LSU as a transfer, and he's currently running with the twos behind Ryan Montgomery and Miles Montgomery. Um, and... I think that could be a big issue because Miles Montgomery is a redshirt freshman. So if he's ahead of him now, what does that mean for, you know, Corey Kiner going forward? Also, you think, hey, LSU running back coming to Cincinnati, SEC running back coming to Cincinnati, he's going to play right away. Well, um, why am I forgetting his name? Just got drafted. Jerome Ford. Jerome Ford. He was at Alabama. Transfers in. Doesn't beat out, uh, was it Gerald Dokes? Jared. Jared. Jared Dokes. And, you know, Dokes does a pretty good job that year. Then Jerome Ford just comes in for the one year. So, what, you're you're the Corey Kinder owner. What, what are your thoughts there, Jacob? Um, it wasn't surprising to me that he's ran with the twos because I think he just started practicing like last week, and so I think he ran with the twos in the scrimmage. So I, I'm guessing they're going to make him earn that spot. The other thing that's going in his favor is they highly recruited him because he's from the Cincinnati area, and he was highly recruited by Cincinnati. He was like their guy that they wanted to get, and then he came back. So it's it's going in his favor, but we'll see how everything plays out. Gotcha. So TCU. Quarterback battles. We got uh, four quarterback battles that we're going to talk about here. So TCU has Max um, Duggan, Chandler Morris, and Jackson, a freshman. It's been said that they will all three play week one. A a starter hasn't been named, but I don't know if that says more about how bad Max Duggan is or how good Chandler Morris and their freshman Jackson is what are your thoughts i think i think they've come to the conclusion that max dugan's just a guy but i think he's still probably competing with jackson and morris right now i think they probably want to move on from dugan though it sounds like that and like i said the freshman's you know pushing them but i just don't think they give it to a freshman so i think sooner than later chandler morris um will be the quarterback there at tcu who's currently um, available in our, our league, I believe. But, yeah, week three, or week one, all three playing, doesn't sound great for uh, team chemistry there with uh, timing and whatnot with all your wide receivers, your center, your running backs. Just, I don't know. Michigan, we've got Kate. Go ahead. It doesn't sound great for Quentin Johnston to start off the year. And maybe Quentin Johnson is just like DeAndre Hopkins. Don't care who my quarterback is, I'm going to ball out. That would be great. 
So Michigan's got Cade McNamara and J.J. McCarthy. Um, currently, it's <laughs> I, I wish I, I would have wrote down Harbaugh's quote, but I think it was something to the f- effect of, this QB battle could go long into the season. <laughs> like, it's not like Michigan has been like turning out great quarterback talent and Harbaugh's supposed to be this great quarterback guru. It just I don't know what's going on here. What are your thoughts, Sir Jacob? Uh, I have no thoughts on that. I mean so, why would why would you want the battle to continue well into the season? I don't know. Just just seems odd. I think They'll end up doing a lot what they did last year. Cade McNamara is going to start. They're going to have packages for J.J. McCarthy. Personally, I think J.J. McCarthy gives them a higher ceiling. But I don't know if they move to J.J. McCarthy until they lose you know, a couple games. And they're like, hey, we got to figure, figure our future out. So I think that's the play there. LSU, Garrett Nussmeyer versus Jaden Daniels. Um, I think, again, Jane Daniels is going to... It fits the system there at LSU better. Um, so I have a feeling that he would be the best fit. But I think Nussmeyer has a slight edge currently. But I I personally hope Jane Daniels gets that job for LSU's purposes. I also hope it's Jane Daniels because I really need him. <laughs> what what do, what does your quarterback room look like right now? Got uh, my boy Adrian Martinez. Got Blake Shapen. Okay. I was happy to pick up late. Uh, Jaden Daniels, Talia Tagovailoa, so I can count on him to get me a ton of points for the first like non-conference games. And then once he gets into Big Ten play, it's gonna be it's gonna be rough. And then oh, Haynes King. So he's kind of a wild card on how he'll do, I guess. Gotcha. Well, maybe you can pick up Lute Altmeyer. Uh, Old Miss has yet to name a starter. I don't think Luke Altmeyer's owned in our league. Uh, Jackson Dart is owned by Patrick. Again, Dart comes over. He's a transfer. I don't think he makes that transfer to Old Miss unless, you know, he's been strongly hinted at. You're gonna, you know, have a really good chance to win this job. Luke Altmaier did really well in the bowl game last year, um, but Dart just kind of has these intangibles that I think kind of, again, gives a ceiling to Old Miss that Luke Altmaier doesn't give. Dart in the spring spring scrimmage was just like YOLO, trying to make every every throw a home run throw. Didn't do that well, but it sounds like he should be getting the nod here here shortly. Do you have any thoughts or opinions on that? Every time I think about Jackson Dart, I just think about how much you could have got. Like, if you traded him in a fantasy league early on last year when he was kind of lighting it, lighting it up, you could you probably could have got more than you can right for him, like, if you traded for him right now. Facts. I, w- I would have given up a bunch. Because I, I could already, the writing was on the wall for my quarterback room last year. 
All right, well, that kind of does it for this part. I want to talk a little bit about Week 0 and preview. Not a lot to talk about, but want to talk about a few games um, I'm really excited for. One game I'm excited for, as gross as it sounds, is uh, Vanderbilt versus Hawaii. Um, Hawaii is just going to be this. They've just been gutted this year. And they bring in a new head coach. They're going to be passing a lot. So what I'm really watching here is, is there somebody to own at Hawaii? That's kind of what I'm looking at. Vandy's probably like a two-win at max team, which this is one game I think they might win. And if they don't win this, and they're a one-win one or a zero-win team. Anything you want to chime in there, Jacob, with Hawaii and Vandy? I'm not looking forward to that game. <laughs> I I am looking forward. I'll get to it later. I did a couple uh, prize picks, player props, um, and they are in this in this game. The other one is Western Kentucky versus Debose. Um, Western Kentucky has got a new head coach, and I want to see how that offense works. If it works the same like it has been, and was it Austin Reed just got named the starter? He is a D2 transfer quarterback coming in to Western Kentucky, high-powered offense. So we'll see how that offense looks. So that's something that I'm I'm curious on how that, that goes. Yeah. I I was kind of looking back just after, you know, year to year of how many passing yards and stuff that they have. And it seems like last year was definitely – it was certainly an outlier. But at the same time, it looks like they do – have a high volume offense year to year generally. So it'll be interesting to see like if that's going to go to Austin Reed. We also talked a little bit about North Carolina, Florida A&M. I'm just I just want to see what those freshmen look like. If they get some run, if they start, just kind of see what that offense looks like at at North Carolina. And how does Drake May look and how how good does Criswold look? So those are some things that I'm I'm kind of watching there in that game. Anything that you want to watch in that game? Yeah, that's probably one of the two games that I'm excited to watch, and I'm just, I'm just excited to kind of see like a peek into the future because I've got some you know I've got some players on that team that were freshmen and some other people in this league do. So it'll be nice just to see if they see the field and how they look. And my last game is UConn versus Utah State. UConn don't really care about. I just want to see how Utah State uses their wide receivers. Nate Davis was one of those guys that I had mentioned in a previous podcast. I just want to see how those wide receivers, how that pecking order goes and and whatnot there at Utah State. On to some player props that I did with prize picks. I just want to share with the league. I went overs. Typically, I'm not a person who likes to do overs because I feel like that's where they kind of they get you. They want you to do the overs. But I went with Jordan Travis, quarterback at Florida State, over four hundred over two hundred and fourteen and a half yards passing. The line has since moved up, so feeling pretty good about that. But um, if I remember correctly, he has not. He's only done that like two times in his career, thrown for over two hundred and like ten yards. So I'm not feeling super great about that. But week two or week one, they play 
um, LSU. So I think they're going to have to get his reps in. You're going to have to throw, hey, we might be blowing out, um, um, what did I say? I'm trying to remember who they play week one. But, but yeah, we might have to. Yeah, they played Duquesney. Duquesney. Like, hey, we're blowing him out, but like you need to get some reps in. So I'm hoping that he won't be just handing the ball off there. So that's kind of my one. I'm, And that's a 4 o'clock game, I think. So I'll know pretty quick if I if I hit it or not. Derek Parsons, 10 fantasy points. He is a running back for Hawaii. I just feel like he might be able to catch himself, and this is a one-point PPR for these fantasy points. So I think he can do well there. And then... Zion Bowens at three receptions. He, as much as Hawaii is going to throw the ball and has bad their defenses, like I probably could have taken any of their wide receivers and taken over on their receptions. So we'll see how that goes. If I can hit all three, I'm going to win 125 bucks. So pretty, pretty excited. Bring on week zero, a bunch of degenerates. Do you got? Anything else for us today, Jacob? I got nothing. All right. Well, our next episode will be Wednesday, um, August 31st. We'll go try to get on here about 9 p.m. And we'll have a late night drop or early morning drop after that. And we will preview our week one college matchups um, within our league. So that'll probably be the extent of our of our talks week three preseason probably won't have a lot of information just because you'll have pretty much everybody sitting for for the most part so that will be you know the most of it you got anything else for us jacob nope all right well that's all we have tonight so thank you again for staying listening i should have done this at the beginning but hey give us a five star review on whatever platform you listen to, we'd much appreciate it. Next time I got to do that at the beginning, so if I lose anybody in the whole hour, at least we get our five-star review. Don't care if you guys listen. Rate and review. Helps with the algorithm. I'm your host, Luke Probasco. That's Jacob Belleville. And this is your weekly reminder to start your studs. Good night. See ya.